You're listening to the Scarbecue Podcast. I asked this last week, I'll ask it again. We're going to start uh, doing roasts again here. So please make sure you leave us a five-star review. And in that review, give us a roast of your host. He's the man I'm about to introduce, Aaron Scarborough. Dude, you realize what you've done. You So you made a plea last week for yes. people to leave a review yes. uh, of a roast. And what they did was collectively, no one left a review, which is the best roast of all. Oh, that is, because that one actually stinks. That one actually hurts. That's that's uh, that, that hurts. one says that we haven't gained any new listeners. In the yeah, last, that like, hurts six way weeks. more than anything. Lynn Navratil uh, can. Lynn's having me on his a, podcast this week. Oh, really? Yeah. You're going to get an introduction into what the Lo-Fi podcast. <laughs> Lo-Fi pod- should I bring our rig? Don't no, don't do that. Is it like a BYOR? Bring your own podcast. Dude, it like will. That? If you're still listening to Lynn's podcast, uh, the part of the reason why you do it is you enjoy <laughs> the echoey uh, <laughs> reverb, the ambient you, white noise. Yeah, because it's just a phone that he sets on a coffee table. Okay. Um, no, it's great though. Support Lynn's I love podcast. Lynn. It's He's called a great dude. Yeah, it's called. You have a lot of options, and I guess the premise of it is like. Like so, Lynn's like only move is basically where he he says like, yeah, I'm a white guy. You have you have a lot of options for white guy podcasts or whatever. Um, so I I don't know. I take that to mean he's a white supremacist. But um, am I going on a white supremacy show? Well, I, I mean, did have the thought. I was like, between Lynn and I. Can you think of two people who talk too fast and trip over their own tongue more than Lynn? Oh, and, and I? Lynn's a total theater kid too. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn and I should just talk about musicals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and if you're listening, Lynn is a good friend of mine. Go listen to his podcast uh, once um, just so you know what you're missing. Later this week or um, next. I don't actually know what his release schedule is. Maybe I shouldn't be blown up his stuff, um, but I'm going to be on there. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he's chugging along. He's still he's still, uh, he's still putting them out Lynn. there. Yeah, then, yeah. Us, us white guys got to stick together. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with you saying that. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I, I want to talk. Do you, wait, sorry, I kind of cut you off. <laughs> oh, now, you, now that's a concern. All of a sudden, that's a concern. Well, you know, now that I'm going on another podcast, I feel the need to brush up on my mm-hmm. etiquette. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was going to say is uh, this this past weekend, I went to uh, a movie theater with human beings with my wife. It was wonderful. I think okay. it's like maybe the fourth or fifth movie I've been to <clears throat> yeah. since things kind of started to reopen. That was like one of the very first things I right. wanted to do was like, because I just love live music and movie theaters are probably like my two favorite yeah, things yeah. to just go do. you go to Screenland? Went to Screenland and, yeah. and North Kansas City. Love those guys. Um, and saw In the Heights. Yeah, and it was freaking good, man. Remind me what that so is. So in the Heights, it's Lin Manuel Miranda's musical that he got like known for. It's okay. before Hamilton. It came out like two thousand eight, two thousand right around okay. there. I think it was when it first came on Broadway. Yeah, and it's about Washington Heights. It's like an immigrant story. Uh-huh. A lot of music is very like, uh, you know, like Caribbean influenced, Afro Caribbean, yeah. like uh, very like like reggaeton and and like uh, it's it's a very like hip hop centric musical. And it's so good. Is it? Re- is, wait, is the Hamilton guy white? Uh, you said this is your fault, by the way. Is the Hamilton <clears throat> guy white? Yeah, the guy who wrote Hamilton. Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah. Uh, no, no, he's not. He's not. No, I believe he is of Puerto Rican descent. I believe I might okay. be mistaken there. Okay, because I mean, there, you know, 
There, that used Wait, to be. Wait, do you kind just know the, him as the Hamilton guy? You like don't know Lin Manuel Miranda? No, that yeah, that's a world that doesn't. How have you dodged? The, he like it, he's become like ubiquitous. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, you're kind of an interesting study. I can't believe you've dodged because like I think the big criticism of his right now is like he's everywhere and you can't escape him. Really? So like. I'm dumbfounded. I mean, I'm aware of uh, Hamilton somewhat. Like, I've never watched it. Do you Uh, have any interest in seeing Hamilton? In in seeing Hamilton? Yeah. Not on any sort of sincere level. Yeah, okay. Um, I could see this being, like, the exact area where, like, you and I are just, our tastes are just different. Because, like, I think Hamilton is, like, one of the great works of art of the last hundred years. Yeah. And, like, you probably would watch it and be like. You know what I do, though? I could do that. (laughs) I stay in my lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that about you. That's a world that doesn't want me, um, the the universe of just people who um, are still talking about Hamilton. Just by and large, I, I know enough to know those people don't like me and if but i love them you know yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you mean. it's pride month i love everyone love that loves them. hamilton love them. that's that's a part of the lgbtq it's like it's the h it's just i think the l stands for <clears throat> lynn manuel miranda lynn manuel even though he's straight too <laughs> in theory in, in theory <clears throat> but yeah go you should go see in the heights i'd be so curious to see what you say because like I think it's, like, incredibly well done. Like, I think, like, Oscar good. Uh-huh. But also, it is hard to picture you liking it. Yeah. Even though it's, like, I think objectively good art. Like, yeah. I would I would love to watch you watch it. Well, do you know how hard it is to be me? I, it must be exhausting. It's very It's hard to be your friend, because, so. Yeah, well, it, um, anything that brings people joy, I just, like, naturally, uh, don't care for. Right, right. You know? Like, uh. You you would be a misanthrope if it didn't take so much action. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's exhausting though. Because to be a misanthrope, you have to have an opinion on things, and you just you're like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, my opinion on things, uh, I do have an opinion, and it's I don't want to go to that. Right, right, right. I feel like the color of your energy is just like khaki. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Um, unless there's some sort of like. Uh, ironic level to whatever the the entertainment is uh for me to go see i don't really want to see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know how do you feel about like have we ever talked about like awesomely bad movies how do you feel about like a sharknado or a, the or room or, or um room is uh enjoyable i would prefer to watch movies that no one else uh no one else realizes is a comedy you know can you give me an example please because i love this premise um so like i just want to be clear what you're saying is the room is so obviously awesomely bad like sharknado is probably the perfect example where like it was probably made with a wink and a nudge at least to some degree yeah and you're saying uh, that you, what you find even more can like entertaining in theory is a movie that doesn't recognize that it's bad. Yeah, yeah, like Wonder Woman. Um, the you know. first one or the second one? Either one. Because I feel like the second one in particular <clears throat> is. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I, I have watched both, but um, yeah, just movies that clearly have some sort of uh, um, neoliberal agenda. But I feel um, like I hear what you're saying. I feel like Wonder Woman's weird because it does have a neoliberal agenda mm-hmm. and then has like a really 
like weird Israel Palestine message that like oh, yeah, here we are talking about it on the podcast yeah. again. But like Gal Gadot is like from Israel and has some pretty problematic stances on that. Yeah. And then like it felt like Patty Jenkins was like, well, I've got this actress who's very vocal on Israel and Palestine. I right. should include that in this movie. Well, insane. Like, dude, I mean, like this movie with this cheetah <clears throat> woman played by Saturday Night Live's uh, Kristen Wiig. Uh, yeah. That's a. I loved that movie, but you're a hundred percent right. That like I loved that movie because I was like, "What is happening?" Well, like, oh, we're man. in a weird place with that, and I I know like we're beating a dead horse. People have been talking only about Israel and Palestine for a month or whatever, and it's starting to get old. But on that note, since it's gonna you come back it up, around though. It's like bell bottom jeans. Well, we're in a weird place with that being a liberal, um, because like it's clearly. Uh, the state of Israel has been performing uh, uh, atrocities on the people of Palestine for the longest time. Um, there's no solution in sight, um, and but it's not. Uh, it's not because we like a lot of our our neoliberal icons that are currently in power. Uh, their hands are tied with that, yeah, and because yeah. they're phony as fuck. Um, I'm referring, of course, to the president of the United States, Kamala, you know, all of them. Uh, Kamala's had her a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, their hands are tied. Like, they, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, federal government uh, has been uh, completely dominated by um, these shady people. And this, is, this has been going on forever. But these shady people that have all these business deals yeah. uh, with Israel— uh, and stuff like that. They don't give a shit about Palestine. Uh, so we're at a place where even though uh, you would think that they would be extremely pro-Palestine if they stood for whatever um, uh, they say they do, that uh, it would be okay for them to speak out ab- about it. Yes. But they just can't. Right. They absolutely and can't. And I agree with what you're saying, which is why I'm interested to know if you thought Pedro Pascal was good in Wonder Woman 1984. Um, was he the, uh, the Trump character? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, he's the dude from Mandalorian yeah. and uh, Game of Thrones. Um, so I, okay, I, <laughs> I you've, you have caught me in a lie. I watched the, like the first like 30 oh, minutes of Wonder Woman 1984. You need to watch it. You're going to like it. Like in, the, in the exact way <clears throat> you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll finish it. I do yeah. intend on finishing it, but, um, what what are some movies that you've seen recently? Like like this like calendar year, like in twenty twenty one. What are some movies Have I you saw? Been? Nomadland, uh, yeah. which was the most boring film. Yeah, like, I I realize it, it's well made and everything. And Frances McDormand, uh, I would die for her. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it was just like you got to give me something. No, I know that I, realism I right. is like hot right now, and like these coming of age films like Boyhood uh, and and eighth grade and shit like that, where they're extremely realistic. There's no plot really just like there was no plot to me going to high school or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't <laughs> want to watch that all the time. You I gotta get give that. Me something. I get that. That's why, um, 
I know what you mean. That trend's really interesting because I feel like the movies that do it well, I understand why it's become a trend. Because yeah. like, like I really liked Marriage Story, for example, and yeah. it's it fits that <clears throat> description. Uh-huh. But I feel like it did objectively have a plot at a beginning and a middle and an end. Characters right. grew, characters changed. Yeah, we watched their, I guess, spoilers. I'm surely you. I mean, this you saw anything, that. Like, you saw that with Frank with Nomadland as well. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, that one was a bummer to me. I was like, wow, this is a. This is a bummer. I just kept waiting for something to happen, and yeah. it just never did. Which, is, again, like, you're right. That's what life is. Yeah. But, like, the truth that's is why boring. I don't need my movie to be that. I'd rather have a movie where a car flies through a, a building onto another building. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen very often in real life. Well, and I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, I, I don't know. I still, I still fucks with uh, Tarantino, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and he is a good example of how you can... Like, it's the same as, like, when you're making a painting. And I'm about to get pretentious as hell right now. You're going from Tarantino to painting. So, yeah, this is pretentious. So when you make a painting, uh, you know, everyone thinks about, everyone loves, like, vibrant colors, uh, you know, and and, and just good use of your palette. Um, But what you realize uh, after you've painted for a while is that if you all you use is these stupid, like saturated colors together, then they cancel each other out. And there's no and that's the same as like when a movie is made. uh, It's like if all that happens is just this crazy shit and you don't have any neutral moments where there's conversations, then it just becomes meaningless. Movies like Schindler's List where it's like black and white with like one accented color. Yeah. Like if you just see red normally in a movie, it might not even track. But then if you only have black and white and then dashes of red, it's truly stunning. Yes, I like that you took you took it to a very literal place. And I'm not I can't tell if this is a bit right now, Um, but, you know, I was talking more about like the plot of things and you took it to selective coloring, which I appreciate that you did. Um, I've, I've, I've had a change of heart with how I want to be perceived, uh, with you on this show. So yes, uh, I want to be, uh, I want people to think of me as like a nice guy, you know. This is a totally different brand that we talked about in pre-pro, man. Dude, I've had. I I swear to God, I I have been. um, If if I start acting nice, uh, someone, you really should check in on me. That means things are going horribly, um, because when I'm doing well, uh, I I feel powerful, and uh, um, those in my life like Ben. Uh, oh, I have to pay for it. I had noticed you hadn't commented on my body positivity one way or the other. So, <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like Tarantino can have like these scenes that like are very naturalistic, kind of meandering dialogue scenes, mm-hmm. but they're always in a movie that has a ton of plot and a ton of action. Yes, yes, like, exactly. A, I think maybe one of the greatest movie scenes of all time is uh-huh. in in Glorious Bastards when they're playing Who Am I in mm-hmm. the pub. And then ultimately, you know, spoilers, I guess, for a, what, a 12-year-old movie? Yeah. Uh, the the one guy gives himself away because Europeans count on their fingers differently mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Americans. And, like, that whole scene's <clears throat> incredible because it's very, it does feel very real. It feels yeah. very natural <clears throat> in the middle of a movie that's about an alternate timeline where Hitler gets killed. You right, know? right. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you touched on uh, one of his works really quickly, so I do want to bring up, I, this is uh, in, still in the on the context of uh, what have you been watching and things like that. Have you gotten around to Bull Burnham's inside yet? And I kind of want to pick your uh, brain on that and how you feel about hashtag sad boy <clears throat> comedy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, uh, 
I just like everyone else, I've loved Bo Burnham since I, uh, since yeah. I was a child. Yeah. Um, I have not watched this. Yeah. But I, I intend on it, and he really got. Like, his comedy has always been great, and he's clearly a brilliant person. I know. You said you are going to back off the Delta 8. Do you have any left? Um, yeah, actually. Use your last bit while you're watching okay, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I can get... <laughs> For I can... maximum head fuckage. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Watch okay. it. <laughs> um, I liked his... He got, he got uh, the most rapport with me uh, after I watched uh, Eighth Grade. Sure. Um, that's I what thought, you mentioned Eighth Grade, and that's why I brought it up. I thought, and that's the difference, like, like that was a pretty uh, pretty damn realistic depiction of, of uh, um, the times that we live in, and, stuff, and that was the whole point. There wasn't a whole lot of plot to it. Yep. But um, the way that he makes that work is just by being funny as hell. Um, you know, yeah. there were, I was laughing through that whole entire He's movie. He's extraordinarily <clears throat> effortlessly funny. He is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but this, this new thing, I haven't watched it yet because, uh, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of watching heavy things right now. It's heavy as hell, man. That's like, what I like, heard. So that's the thing is, and maybe this is part of his decision. This uh-huh. isn't very funny, but I've wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a weird call to call it a comedy special. Really? I think it would have been more interesting. I don't know if that seems loaded. Yeah. I am curious as to why it was decided to be called a comedy special uh-huh. and not a short, like, well, not a short film. It's 90 minutes long. A film yeah. or a documentary right. or, or something like that. Because I actually think maybe the fact that it's being framed as a comedy special uh-huh. is, is leading to the handful of negative criticism I've seen, which is like, comedy is supposed to be funny and this isn't funny which first of all i actually reject i think there's a lot of parts that made me laugh out loud yeah but there are parts that are like as heavy as i've ever seen an air quotes comedy thing be yeah but i think also that's kind of his point a little bit and yeah. I, I don't know you should watch it and we should do an update i want to know what you think about it yeah i mean i i do but it is but you got me in a good headspace i like yeah. I, I don't ever i don't really like it when people do like Trigger warnings and stuff like that. I think we yeah. can get like a little ahead of ourselves on that. Yeah. But I'll give it like a little bit of a like. Watch it when you're in a good headspace. What did you think warning. of that uh, Patton Oswalt special he made uh, like the year after his wife? Yeah, yeah, passed? yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's... thought I totally understand why he needed to do that. Yeah, and I respect him for doing that. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I thought it was a really interesting exercise in grief. Yeah. Uh, it's not his best special ever, no, but no. I, I kind of am glad it's documented because yeah. I think like. There's this bit in that special where he does crowd work for like 10 minutes uh-huh. and it's kind of shitty crowd work. Yeah. Considering Patton Oswalt's one of the funniest people on the whole planet. Uh, yeah, as far as and the act of doing comedy. It, it's like, it's not shitty. I shouldn't say shitty. As like, for, for a person of his caliber, mm-hmm. it's very mediocre to commit to take <clears throat> yeah, mediocre yeah. crowd work. Yeah. Like, if I did that level of crowd work, I'd be like, oh, I just <laughs> murdered. But like, Patton, yeah. for Patton, I do have a higher bar. Yeah. yeah. And, you then all of a sudden you're like what is happening there's yeah. been 10 minutes of this and then he goes <sighs> so my wife died and it, yeah. it's like oh he was like emotionally preparing himself yeah for the material he didn't want to do yeah and that part of it maybe it's not good comedy but i do think that's good art yeah yeah and so like that's maybe a little pretentious thing to say but like jerry seinfeld is maybe the exact inverse where i think it's great comedy but kind of terrible art like Often, sure. peak sign, and I'm not talking about the show. I'm talking about his stand-up. Right. It's like pretty much he's always just saying really funny observations, mm-hmm. which really doesn't challenge anything. It doesn't really challenge like the human condition or make you think about life. It just kind of makes mm-hmm. you go, 
that's true. That happens to me. You, does, is that a fair yeah, criticism? Like, but but which but, is not but. to say it's not art. I don't mean like that. I'm just saying that like I think Jerry Seinfeld. I'm gonna be a little softer on though because he uh, he's like the he greatest joke writer of all time. He yeah, he's up there. Uh, maybe, but but he's in that. He's like on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But he um he didn't like back then. It seems like uh. There weren't like a lot of guys that were totally like it, that wasn't the thing. Oh, absolutely you know? not. I'm definitely. Like, I mean, Richard Pryor. You could make an argument like at like during that time. I like, think there were guys was, like Pryor and Carlin who were making you at least stop and think about stuff. But yeah. you're absolutely right that like if Bo Burnham's thing had come out mm-hmm. in some form in 1993, people yeah. would have been like, "This is not comedy. It's not funny. This right. is horrible." You right. know. So I agree with you there. I am grading him a little bit through a modern lens. So mm-hmm. I want to be clear. I'm not I'm not shitting on Jerry Seinfeld. I think that's not like, why you oh, should legend. shit on Jerry right, Seinfeld. Right, exactly. There's yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh I'm just saying that like it would to me, I feel like Seinfeld's humor is often like the exact inverse of what Bo Burnham's doing right now in the sense right. that like Bo Burnham's is like art objectively and maybe not comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that like Jerry oftentimes was like objectively funny objectively comedy but yeah. maybe not objectively art so to speak <clears throat> right if that makes sense on know. a scale of jerry to nanette <laughs> yes i love it yeah <laughs> yeah but you know uh yeah when you get in a he- good headspace what's that and uh do you have any uh any binge recommends for the listeners for the scarby heads we're almost out of time binge what, what recommends we... or anything Dude, you watched I, lately I, I watched i watched hacks you seen hacks no do you know premise no it's hbo max it's uh, it's Jean Smart. The Jean yeah. Smartessance continues, uh-huh. and she plays this kind of like very, very successful female comic like pioneer who has been in Vegas doing the same show for like ten years, and uh-huh. it's kind of like washed now. Yeah, and this young like this Gen Z r- comedy writer gets canceled on Twitter, and they end up kind of like in each other's lives, and she starts writing for Jean Smart. Right, and it just it's like a thirty minute comedy. It's it's like. I think it's really good. I thought it was really funny. Uh, it, it moves really fast. Like, uh-huh. it, like the episodes end, and you're like, oh, shit. That, like, that one by I, – I highly recommend that. Okay. really liked it a lot. I'll check it out. I, I think I've hit on this before, but I um, – lately, uh, I have been so reluctant to uh, take in new media. Yeah. Um, because I just I, – I work really hard every day. Um, clearly. Painting. Clearly. And then when I get home, I'm very likely to fall asleep uh, within 20 to 30 minutes. Jealous. So I'm really, you know, I'll, I'll rewatch. I do. I rewatch The Wire, Sopranos, uh, and Breaking Bad basically every year of my life. Uh, so, and then like if I'm really feeling tired, then I'll I'll just watch King of the Hill. Honestly, yeah, King of the Hill is like the Bible, like to me. You know, it's there's something for everything from King of the Hill, <laughs> and I never, um, you know that that is comedy that has aged very, very well. Oh, and, absolutely. I mean, Mike. I think Mike Judge. Like people don't say this very often, but I think he should probably be thought of as like one of the great satirists, like of all time, dude. Yeah, between um, King of the Hill, uh, Silicon Valley, Office <clears throat> Space. I mean, like. He, he is a truly phenomenal satirist. He is, and people uh, people seem to pin the title of like libertarian on him for some reason. Yeah, but I think that that's uh, mentally lazy. Like I to agree. call him I that. Agree. He's what he's doing. He like he was brilliant with King of the Hill because 
he uh, he somehow and South Park does this as well, where they make fun of everyone or whatever. King of the Hill makes fun of everyone with love. Somehow, I would argue Silicon Valley mostly does the same thing. Too. Same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think I, I, I honestly I don't think that he and he Mike Judge has like a tech background, but I don't feel like he uh, um, likes the tech industry very much from watching that. Whereas but, I think there but is as far as, a more you know, love for suburban Texas. Yeah, totally. He definitely totally. likes uh, when you watch that. He he definitely has a, a true love of just nerds, um, which is kind of an interesting premise for a show but yeah um yeah other than that the only thing i'd recommend is mike lindell's absolute proof on oan oh, okay um yeah he just he really documents uh the injustice that took place and how our democracy and our way of life is under fire right now so just um yeah just go to mike lindell's website and watch that and you know tell me if you think you still live in a republic <clears throat> Toodles. Glory, glory.